श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय हरिनाम प्रभु की जय गौर भक्तवृंद की जय गौ प्रेम Thank you for inviting me here. Our host is not in sight, but uh, hopefully with an earshot. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, I know you want to do more kirtan into the evening, so I'll try not to take up too much time. But um, in the context of taking up some of your time, I'll speak a little bit from Bhagavad Gita. And in relation to Kirtan, since that's what we gathered here for. So, there's one place in the Gita that Kirtan is mentioned, and um, comes in the ninth chapter. Ninth chapter is um, the center of the book, of course, consisting of 18 chapters. So, sometimes it's said that you hide the secret in the middle of the book. So there's a secret there. In fact, the chapter is called Rajaguya Yoga. So Guya means secret. So it's uh, <clears throat> the king of knowledge and the king of secrets that are being that's being discussed here in this uh, chapter. And as it turns out, that uh, that secret is bhakti. So that 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 uh, that is is bhakti and. Rag Bhakti, as the chapter explains, spilling over as it does with Krishna's emotional enthusiasm into the tenth chapter. And um, that knowledge is, uh, the secret is Bhakti, and that knowledge is Bhakti also. So love is, uh, has a kind of knowledge that's it's pregnant with, kind of an essential knowledge. When you love, then you know what to do. So, having introduced the chapter, its subject, and encouraged Arjuna to pay attention, in the first uh, three verses introducing the chapter, Krishna goes on to then explain the in a, a metaphysical secret uh, that um, gives rise to his livelihoods, you could say, so to speak, Metaphysic of uh, that underlies the the drama, the canvas that underlies the art of Krishna Lila, must be a, a metaphysical outlook that fosters love, and love requires two. It requires to become one, but in a dynamic sense. So to be one and Love is something I could, I guess you could say, about being one and different at the same time. The two of us become one as we, when we fall in love, the two remain, but, but we are one at the same time. Your mind becomes mine, and my mind becomes yours. So, no problems. I move to celebrate your heart and your desires and fulfill them, and you move to celebrate and fulfill mine. <clears throat> so there's a unity there, but it's a dynamic unity in which uh, individuality is preserved and in, indeed uh, it uh, such that it beautifies the unity. Much like harmony is, a, is a not one note, 
a monotone, but as many notes as possible, all playing the same tune, so to speak. So, dynamic kind of unity that uh, that is beautified by difference. Here we have in material existence a unity born from various perceptions arising from the senses, evaluated by the mind, wherein determinations are made as to what's good or what's bad, what's happy, what's sad, and you're happy, maybe my sad, you're hot, my cold, and so forth. So the differences, they get in the way of the unity that we sense is at the heart of uh, spiritual reality or enlightened life. But on the other side of the equation, having arisen above the duality and difference born only of um, the color glasses that we're wearing, so to speak, or the set of senses, the particular mind that we're we're dressed with or burdened by, oppressed by, perhaps more accurately, uh, having arisen above that, then from that plane of unity, from Advaigyan Tattva, this is where bhajan is performed on this platform. That when on that platform, then there's a possibility of difference that beautifies the unity, rather than here, which where it seems to compromise it, as I say. So, this is the subject then that Krishna goes into in the Gita after introducing the chapter. He says, "I'm going to speak about the highest knowledge, the highest wisdom. It's such and such and such and such." He describes it in so many ways, even in the onset of the chapter, in the first verse, that it's clear if we study the text there. The words used there. He's speaking about bhakti. And then he wants to give, as I say, the metaphysic that underlies the bhakti that is his life, the drama that is his life. Is, it has a stage on which it's performed. The art has a canvas. There's some math to the, to the music, if you will, some numbers and so forth of, uh, of Krishna Leela. And Sujiva Goswami following the wake of the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and trying to make some sense out of that and um, and um, in the context of doing so, share it with us. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would like a great uh, waterfall of ecstasy, difficult to get close to and take advantage of a giant waterfall. But if someone would make a lake out of that, then it would be approachable. We could drink from it and bathe in it and so forth. And so this is what uh, the Gosamis they tried to do with the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the form of explaining it, giving it a context uh, in relation to, to to revelation and so forth. And they termed the uh, actually the term originally found in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, the seminal book of the Gaudiya Sampradaya by Sanatana Prabhu, Sri Sanatana Goswami and Jiva Goswami took from there in his uh, Satsandarbha and gave a name to the to this kind of, like I say, underlying uh, foundation to the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, a metaphysical outlook that naturally, if we follow its uh, ramifications and implications, comes to Leela, and a particular type of Leela also. So he turned it Achinta Beda Beda, and you are most of you probably familiar with that term. Beda Beda, Beda means... Difference. Abed means non-difference. So, bed abed, as we've been saying, love is a oneness and a difference at the same time, and that transcends reason. So, achintya, and love does not answer to reason. We know that even the shadow of love doesn't answer to reason, and that's problematic for us. Hmm. <laughs> but real love, then, how much less that will answer to reason? We should consider. Hmm? And if the human heart is so much 
pressed for the pursuit of love that cannot rest really until it finds it, then how much divorced from the human heart really must enlightenment be? Is it devoid of love, enlightenment, or is it merely an abstract form of love that has nothing to do with exploitation, the giving up of exploitation and the suffering that such fosters for the individual and those whom are, who are taken from in exploitation? This is a very poor idea of love. Zero is meaningful in relation to negative numbers, but love is a positive thing, not just an emptiness that's full. An emptiness that has no exploitation is a kind of a fullness, as I say, in comparison to negative numbers that is the realm of karma, taking, exploitation, and so forth. But to be full, really, is not to be still like zero is, but to dance out of necessity because of the extent of one's fullness. That kind of dancing, that celebration of the Absolute, that's what we call, that's what we call Leela, that is, that is moving out of, that is movement out of, out of love. So, Achintya Beda Beda, it's a, it's about love and it's about, it's a well-reasoned love. The Bed, Abed, Abed is, is well, well-reasoned and the Bed is where, where even that well-reasoned, uh, foundation is departed from to an extent that Bhagwan Sri Krishna himself has forgotten that he's God. He has no knowledge of that in that compact of love in, of, of Goloka. So as I say, if a shadow of love does not answer to reason, how much real love will not answer to reason? How much subordinate knowledge will be to that? And there is real love. If there's a shadow of it, there must be love at high noon as well. And this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach about, and that is what this chapter is all about. So Krishna enters into this kind of philosophical foundation in Gita, here in the ninth chapter. He speaks about achinta beda beda. He says, in relation to the maya, shakti, I'm one with it, I'm different from it, I'm in it, I'm not in it, see me. My mystic power, yoga, hmm, what is it? Hmm. Yoga maishwaram. That means achinta shakti. Yoga maishwaram. By my mystic uh, power of yoga, just see, I'm in everything. I'm not in everything. Everything means the world, and in the living beings in the world. So he's spoken about this in brief, but profoundly, and then he begins to develop that a little bit. In the context of developing that the oneness and the difference between himself and the world. He speaks about his appearance in the world, by which he appears to be much different than the one who's in control of the whole world, the Ishwar, presiding over everything, Maya Dakshina Prakriti, Suyate Sacharacharam, he said. The whole Maya, the whole show is under my direction. But abhajanandi mamudha manusham tanim ashritam. He says, after saying a whole show is under me, the whole, all the movements of Maya, but I appear within Maya, and fools abhajanandi mamudha manusham tanim ashritam. Manusham tanum nandatanum. I have a human-like body. I am the son of Nanda, Nanda Tanuja. 
I come from his, I actually come from Nanda and Yashoda in the real sense. I really think myself like this more than anything else. But people don't understand me. I enter the world like a member, but I'm in control of it. I'm in it, but I'm not in it. Foolish people don't understand me. They deride me and so forth. But there's another kind of people, he says. Mahatma. It literally means big, big, big soul. Now, are there big souls and little souls? We may wonder. <laughs> Point is this. Soul can grow. Soul can grow. The soul can expand or it can contract. It contracts by taking. It expands by giving. This doesn't answer to logic either because we would think that by giving we would have less. That's the, the math of it, so to speak. If I have a certain amount and I give a percentage of that amount, I have less. But what is above the math, what, what is not... Math is a, is a descriptive language. That's a fact. I was talking with, a, with an engineer the other day and I said that the math is a, is a language for, con, for controlling. Poetry is a language for participating. He said, well, I would differ with you. He said, I think math is a descriptive language. I said, that's true. Math is a descriptive language, but there are things it doesn't describe. And it lends itself more readily to be used for controlling, that is, technology, for conquering nature. Poetry can't be used in the same way for conquering over nature. It's very much a participatory language, a song. And it seeks to describe what can't be described by that, as much as it is, descriptive language of math. And that is the, as I say, if you give according to math, if you have 10 minus 5 is 5. <laughs> but the reality is, the more we give, the more we grow. So life isn't logical only. There's some logic to life. But logic doesn't explain the whole picture. It cannot satisfy our heart. I saw the last Star Trek movie on an airplane, part of it once. It was supposed to be the last one. I suppose they've continued it now with new actors and so forth. And it was the search for God, the last quest. They were going to go so far into space to see if they could find God. And, of course, they didn't find him. Really, kind of, it wasn't, you know, sure, that kind of a thing. And at the end, uh, Dr. Spock asked Captain Kirk, so, so what do you think? Where is God then? And, and you still believe in God? And if so, where is he? And the Captain Kirk said, I do. I, I think he's in a human heart. And Dr. Spock just went, you know, kind of like real logic, real bad answer. <laughs> 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 So, but there's something about humanity, of course, that's different than the other species. It's, it's, it's not entirely different, but there's a development we find there in the complexity of human life. And it re really reaches its apex, human life, it, it, that complexity takes, uh, reaches its zenith, so to speak, not by the increase of, of reason, 
we say that we're rational animals and that which distinguishes us from other less complex species of life. And we do have reasoning that does complicate things, that's for sure. But but more because of our capacity to love, to give, to do things voluntarily. It's kind of stepping outside of the whole Darwinian kind of picture. It's all this random kindness and so forth. Uh, you can kind of try to, as they do, expand the concept of social Darwinism and so on. But really, we're kind of we're kind of different in a big way. <laughs> um, we're, uh, we have a capacity to give. It means to, to love. And that's way more complex than reasoning. So you can reason about love all you want, and she won't make sense to you, and he won't make sense to, to her. <laughs> um, but you won't give up one another either. So uh, love is very much what life is about. But we need, as I say, some well-reasoned love that will separate us from its shadow only. And this this human pursuit of love, Krishna comes to participate in that. That is the, the descent of Krishna. The human stage facilitates his drama of uh, of his love life more so than uh, than Golok, because it's like filming a film on location, where people actually fall in love. Just like if you do the movie on location in the jungle itself, rather than in Hollywood with props and so forth. That's a special added feature that's that's used in the propaganda about the show. So the the avatara, the descent of Krishna into the world is 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 the playing out of his romantic life, which is the which is really the celebration of his fullness. The joy that he is requires movement, not out of necessity, out of need, but out of lack, but out of a, the, the need that fullness brings to, to cause us to, to say, Yahoo, and raise your hands, and, and so forth. So, overflowing in, into the world, uh, exploring himself, what is his nature as a lover, and what is the nature of Radha's love that, she, that I see in her, how she sees me, and these are existential questions for the Absolute that he seeks to answer and falls into the material world and stumbles over himself uh, uh, and of course everyone's following him along and then the drama is enacted in human society we have a chance to glimpse such uh, an affair and there's another reason that he comes on this side he's moving only out of love but there's another reason that he comes and it's this is answer here he says mahatmanastumam parta daivim prakriti mashrita there are people with big souls he says Mahatma, Mahatma, they have big souls, they're givers, they're not takers. In order to give fully, well, you have to find someone who can take fully. And then you have to give to that center without expectation of return. This is Mahatma. This is a real big soul. I mean, it will grow and expand. Your sense of self will expand to the extent that you give. But the extent that you give will be determined to some extent, to a degree, I should say, it will be determined to some degree by where we give, because there are places we can give whereby we can actually give more. Just like in an ordinary meeting, someone may pass the hat for collection for the hungry people and everyone give a dollar, and then they come to, to, to you and you say, I'm not giving. No, how, we bad person. No, no. 
I'm not going to give my money to the poor people. I'm going to give my money to elect a, you know, a new mayor because the problem is a political problem in the distribution of the wealth and so forth. And so I'm going to give there, and that will cause a bigger effect. And so everybody goes, yes, okay, let's pass the hat for the new mayor and so forth. And then they come to, to another, and he says, I'm not giving them. Why not? And he has a bigger idea for giving. This is the biggest idea. Krishna. Krishna means the taker. There has to be an enjoying end of the sacrificing agent. If you're going to sacrifice, somebody has to enjoy the sacrifice. So who is the taker? And the taker is the one who by taking, everyone is nourished. Stomach is the taker. It can deal with food in a way that no other part of the body can, in a way that will distribute it mystically and nourish the whole. So it's not arbitrarily that we've elected Krishna as the taker. Of course, he's portrayed as such, obviously, in poetry and song and, and so forth. He's, he's, he's uh, uh, he, uh, within at least the cultural context in which these texts appeared in the world, he's a real enjoyer. Boy, the man who has everything. He doesn't even age. and uh, So he's got youth. How valuable is that? We know only when it's passed. <laughs> and all the old people know. They want to enlist the youth in their mission one way or another. It's valuable. You know, he has youth and friends. And, and he has the natural environment and so forth. And he's as, he's as he wants to be. He's himself. He's God being himself. He doesn't, he doesn't have to sit on a throne and listen to the Vedas and fall asleep only. That is, that is what he does. On Brahma Lok, Septula, he listens to the Vedas, oh, mo, mo, he goes to sleep a long time. He wakes up, oh, mo, mo, sacrifice, oh, mo. These things are not, this, this, this is a side of the Absolute. But it's not him being himself, relaxing, being with friends, being with equals, being able to hear somebody crack a joke about him. You see, without that, try it. We want that. We want that position. Well, they will only be subordinates. They'll do what I say and so forth. People struggle for some position, in other words, above others, to attain some attainment, some position in the world, some recognition and so forth. <laughs> Krishna means, the whole Leela of Krishna tells us, that is futile. You're wasting your time. I gave it up. <laughs> I was God. <laughs> in, in Vaikuntha, I had to make Goloka to be myself, to relax. It's, it's not worth pursuing, he says. No. In the simple things, we find beauty and charm, and sweetness, beauty rules, love rules. This is Krishna. He's talking about his devotees here. He comes to the world, he says. Fools don't understand me. He comes, I said, to celebrate his fullness. But there's something on this side that's pulling him. That is these Mahatmas. Their soul has grown. They've attained power. Their soul is big. They've given and they've given wisely. They've found a center to give to. Krishna. And they've given without any expectation of return. So Daivim Prakritim Ashrita, he says. They're already in Goloka, he says. 
दाइविंग प्रकृतियम महात्मानस दीज महात्मस लिव अंडर द डाइविंग प्रकृतियम दिस इज माय स्वरूप शक्ति माय आई हैव शेयर्ड माय लव विद देम दे दे टेकन सच पेन्स फॉर मी एंड देयर इज नॉट वन थिंग दैट दे डिड नॉट वन ब्रेथ दैट दे टुक इन दैट कॉन्टेक्स्ट दैट आई डिड नॉट नोटिस दैट डिडंट टच मी दैट डिडंट 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 गो रिकॉर्डेड and all those things have accumulated to such an extent i can't hold myself back from them i give myself to them shudashatva visheshatma prema suryamsu samyabak let the let the sun of my prema let a ray of that enter their heart they want me and only me they want and i cannot resist them any longer i must come for them in this world they are always sadakas always world is bhutpa bhutpa poliyate coming and going coming and going coming and going again vishnu gets tired of the ghost to sleep and they then try again make avatar to come canvas amongst them they resisting go to sleep try again the karma is suspended again it comes and our individuality based on karma places us in different positions and so on and so forth but in the context of all that there are sadakas they're bada jeevas moving from they're not they're in the world but they are sadakas they're different kind of soul they're not siddhas they're not badha in bondage either they're sadaka they have a deha a special kind of body sadaka deha mahaprabhu said that is a chinmay deha I hardly understand what is the value of such. As he says, at the time of initiation, one gets a spiritual body. His his sadak, he gets a sadaka deha. He gets a siddhadeha too, but let it be developed. But the sadaka deha immediately he has to. He lives. He another. He gets a. He what he means. He gets a way to conduct himself. The diksha is not just here. Take this and I'll go. There's a there's there's some guidance with that. That seed. how the water that how to live within certain parameters and so forth that um, turns the the, the the spiritual practitioner's body into something extraordinary and so these people have perfected that sadaka deha their mahatmas they've given fully and as i said fully means they found a source who can take unlimitedly and they've given without expectation of return they've given without expectation of return means they gave not to get anything not to get any position in the world not to get out of the world the servants that's all how easy could it be just do what you're told but it's hard isn't it pujapati dumar used to like to quote an english poet what did he say better to serve better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven <laughs> so we are so possessed of an enjoying ego so the, To, of course bhakti is a very uh, proactive approach to doing away with that enjoying ego think about it it's 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 reversing it not just trying to put it out but to re- make you serve you understand you're enjoying now you stop and en- not just stop enjoying you have to serve no enjoying ego have no room to grow there in that environment it's like if you want to big a hole and bury your enjoying ego and then build a temple on top of it that can never come out 
this is the bhakti approach. And so he said there are people like that who've been successful in this. They are Mahatmas, Daivim Prakriti Mahashita. They're moving under my Surup Shakti, and I move under my influence of my Surup Shakti. So therefore I'm there for them. I come to the world for them. They're not fools, like the people I just mentioned, who deride me when I descend in my human form. They understand me. They understand my form. Is Avyayam, imperishable. Mahatmanastumam Payata Daivim Prakritamashrita. Param Bhava Majanat. Too many verses. Bajanti Ananya. Bajanti Ananya Manaso. Knatva Buddhadim Avyayam. Bajanti Ananya Manaso. They are doing this kind of bhajan. Ananya bhajan. But their minds are fully absorbed in me. I mean, not ordinary devotee. He was busy, 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 but his mind is somewhere else. And there's a stage to go through. But they've been busy enough that uh, the inner life has begun. The inner, they, they're treading the inner landscape in there. Moving on the inner side. Mind is controlled. They can do smaranam. Krishna's appearing in the heart. They're not satisfied with that. That's not enough. That's nothing. They see Krishna in the heart. That is nothing for them. They want to see him right here, right in front of them. <laughs> They're driven by this. He has to come. He comes for them. And now he says about them, these Mahatmas, he says, Satatam kirtayantomam. This is the verse I wanted to talk about. Satatam kirtayantomam. This is where the kirtan comes in Bhagavad Gita. You know, many years ago in this area, there was a scholar uh, attached to one of the local universities, I forget which one, but he, he complained about Prabhupada's disciples always chanting on the streets. This was in the 60s, or, uh, uh, late 60s, maybe early 70s. Stahl. Yeah, his name was Professor Stahl. And he complained to Prabhupada about them, that they were, that they, and he was, a, he was a, maybe an Indologist, or he had some... Yeah, I think it was maybe an Indologist, so he had acquaintance with Indian philosophy and so forth. And, and uh, he said, you know, where, where's the basis for this? This is kind of a fanaticism. They're going on the streets and chanting. Where is this found anywhere in, a, in, a, in the Indian um, religion and so forth, in a sacred text and, and so on? He challenged Prabhupada. Prabhupada wrote back and he cited this verse, Satatam Kirtayantomam. They're always chanting about me. He didn't like it. He said, that doesn't mean chant in the streets and, and so forth. But actually, he's wrong about that. He's wrong about that. Krishna says here, Satatam Kirtayantomam. So much in three words. First of all, Satatam means always. Always means under any condition. Hmm? Like Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya Dev, he said, Nam Nam Akari about the name of God, he said, there are many. He said, Sarvashakti. And these names, he, he's talking about primary names. They are, they are about me in relation to my Surup Shakti. That means in Leela. Yashoda Nandana. Devaki Nandana. Krishna, Ram, so forth. These kind of names, he said, they're about me in relation to my Shakti, so they're full of my Shakti, my Surup Shakti. And he said, they'd be chanted anywhere. 
anytime, not in, without consideration of time or place. Satatam means like this. It speaks of the universality of this practice of, if you will, of bhakti, kirtan. So, as I say, not inappropriate in the street. Uh, in fact, all the more if it's if it's if it's arising out of of uh, inner life, it overflowing out everywhere into the public eye. That, that's uh, so valuable. But something more here worth noting. Hmm? He says, they're always doing kirtan about me. They're doing Krishna kirtan. This professor had some problem with the idea of Krishna kirtan. <laughs> you think about it. Kirtan means Krishna kirtan. That's what it means. That's what it means. Kirtan is an anga of bhakti, not of anything else. Sravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam archanam mandanam padasevanam this is from Bhagavad. Prahlad says, Kirtan is an anga of bhakti. Means Kirtan is, is, is a full-fledged expression of bhakti. In the context of the path of bhakti, we find Kirtan. We don't find it in, in Jnana. There's Shiva Kirtan, right? Devi Kirtan. Mm. But where did these come from? Have you ever read Devi book or the Shiva book? Any such book? There are so many books about Shiva and Devi. Do they speak? Does Devi ever say, those who do kirtan about me, I love them. Does Shiva ever say, in my devotees, they do kirtan about me and I'm purchased by that. Never. You never find any statement by any god or goddess anywhere that identifies with kirtan in the way that Krishna identifies with kirtan. He says, Nam Vaikuntha, Tishtami, Yoginam Hidrayeshu You know? I'm not in Vaikuntha. You could go higher now. I'm not in the hearts of yogis. That's a low thing. Neither I'm in Vaikuntha. But Yatra Gayanti Madhbhakta, O Narada. Whoever my devotees are chanting about me, that's where I live. That's where I'm present. What does it mean? I'm saying that this Kirtan is so nice. And it's it means Krishna Kirtan. Krishna Kirtan means Krishna Kirtan. I'll explain this. But it's so nice that it overflows to other paths. And they think, we do Shiva Kirtan. Kirtan is nice. We do Devi Kirtan. Ganesh Kirtan. But talk to Ganesh. Talk to Devi. Talk to Shiva. They never ask for Kirtan. They never identify themselves with Kirtan. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying Krishna Kirtan is so nice. Such a nice idea. That... Even those attached to other gods and goddesses and other paths have imported kirtan in. It's Vishnu Bhakti. Now we go to Vishnu. He says, Krishna said, I am not in Vaikuntha, but I am wherever my devotees are chanting about me. <laughs> not I am in Vaikuntha. Certainly he served by kirtan. Yes. Have you ever heard kirtan for Narayana? Narayana, Narayana. Some. little more, more like Narayana, Narayana. We did once a, in South India, installation of some of a, a pratishta installation for deities of Radha and Krishna, and we invited the Madhvas, mm-hmm. and the Madhva Brahmins came and they did this whole long, colorful uh, ritual and so forth, uh, procedures, installing the deities and so forth, and then um, and we put them on the altar and we did sankirtan, and they looked at us like we were from outer space. <laughs> 
What is that? Some different kind of religion they do. Gulukeru Premodhan Harinam Sankirtan. Nartam Mahashai, he said, this is coming from Goloka, not from Vaikuntha. And it's Krishna Kirtan, not Narayana Kirtan. Jaya Vishnu, Jaya Vishnu, you don't hear that anywhere. It's not that Vishnu, Narayan is not served by Kirtan, he is. But the full face of Kirtan, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has shown. That is in the streets, in the ecstasy. That is from Goloka. This Kirtan means Krishna Kirtan. It doesn't mean anything else. Everyone else has imported this, adapted this, identified with it to one extent and attached it to their god or goddess. Even in, I went once, spent some time in Lakshmanjula in Rishikesh area in a, in a, a temple there. Lived for some time and, uh, and every evening we would come and do Sankirtan and the Pujaris would thought it was, it was from Ramanuja Sampradaya. This is a different kind of religion. It's very attractive, he said. Do I have to change my religion to join you? He asked us. <laughs> hmm? So it's a very different thing. Um, but this is not a sectarian kind of propaganda. It's a fact. Kirtan means Krishna Kirtan. There's no Shiva never asked for Kirtan. Devi never asked for Kirtan. Narayan, Vishnu, little, but the Kirtan is very subdued. Like I said, in Satyalok, what is the, the Kirtan? They're reciting the Veda. This is Kirtan. And it puts him to sleep there. He goes to sleep. Long time he gets up. They offer some sacrifice and Vedas. And, and Krishna, he never sleep. Never sleep. All night he's awake. Practically never sleep. So Kirtan means Goloke Premodhan Harinamsan Kirtan. It comes from there. So, Professor Stahl was uh, uh, misunderstood. Hmm? Prabhupada explained to some extent. This is an elaboration upon that point. It came to my mind here. Satatam kirtayantomam. Kirtan means for Krishna. And they forgot. They said, Sriya kanta kanta parama purushu kalpataravo drumabhu ishchintamani ganamaitoyamamitam kataganam natyam gamanam avivamsi priyasaki chiranandam juti paramapi tarasvadyam apicha. What did Jiva Goswami said about that? He said, This is Goloka, as Brahma is describing. From his own Satyalok, where the Narayan is, where, where Haranyagarbha, is sleeping and eating and sleeping and eating, bored with the, that kind of worship. There are those kind of devotees, that's fine, it's, a, it's, it's, it's something, but from the full face of Bhagawan, then it is boring from his perspective. He said from that place, Sriya kanta kanta parama purushu kalpataravo. Um, he says um, that that place, it is a place of song, it is a place of dancing. That is not Vaikuntha. It is not a place of song and dance. It is not said about Vaikuntha that all the movement is dancing and the walking is dancing, the talking is singing. But Brahma said that about Goloka. And Chijiva Goswami said, if all the walking is dancing, if all the talking is singing, what must be the singing? What must be the dancing there? Hmm? That we find in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. A fellow asked me just yesterday, he said that we say that Krishna becomes Radha 
to taste himself. Sugar is sweet, but it cannot taste itself. So that Swarup Ananda within Krishna expands as Swarup Shakti Ananda. And that is a more relishable position, hmm? the devotee's position. But he asked me, if, if, if Krishna has become Radha, this is the Tattva, they're one and different, as we were speaking earlier. So Krishna has become Radha, so he's tasting himself. So what is the need of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? If Krishna wants to taste himself, and he is manifest as Radha, and he's tasting himself, then what is the need for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Distribution. <laughs> that is not that's one idea, but that is not said to be the internal reason for him. The internal reason is he wants to taste himself, but he's already tasting himself. He's Radha. Of course, that's from a vantage point of Tattva. So you may understand it like this. He wants to understand himself. He wants to taste himself from his own position. And that's the puzzle. That is his dilemma. Without changing his position and putting himself in entire... As Radha? No, as himself. But (laughs) it's a puzzle. It's a dilemma. What to do? What it's really about in one sense then. Is Krishna making arrangement to... Broadcast the position of Radha. That is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Therefore, with Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe. That's what it's about. And that comes to distribution. That's true. So that place, that flute sound, Priya Sakhi, the, the friend of everyone there, that has come as Namsan Kirtan to the world. So Kirtan means about Krishna, not about anybody else. They may do Shiva Kirtan, Durga Kirtan, Vishnu Kirtan, that's good. Those are all right, all right also, but these are all borrowed. They've all borrowed the idea of Krishna Kirtan and imported it into their path and you know, kind of adjusted it by making it about Devi or about Shiva. It's how nice is Krishna Kirtan? How close to the human heart it is? How natural it is for us? You sing in a shower when you want to be yourself. It's the whole idea of Swayam Bhagwan, as we mentioned earlier. So here he says, about them, daivim prakritim, mahatmas. This is how they've drawn me. I come to the world because some souls have bhava and they've reached a point in that development that they need my association, association of my entourage. I come for them, that's why I descend. And they take birth in my lila. These are mahatmas. And this is what they do. And this is what we imitate. Imitation of a good thing is not a bad thing. Satatam kirtayantomam. They are always chanting about me. This is the primary anga of bhakti. Satatam kirtayantomam. Yatantas chadrudabrataha. So, it's with love, it's ecstasy, that kirtan. But there are some, like I said, some, some math to the art, or to the music also. Some reasoning to that. So it's... Well reasoned love. Therefore, Satatam Kirtayantumam Yatantas Cha Dridabata. Yatantas Cha Dridabata. So, some, they've got some kind of striving. Some striving, some, some, some brata, some commitment, uh, some, some, some rule. What is the rule? As we said, it had no rule. Satatam. Anywhere, anytime, no rule. But there's something like this. There are things that are favorable for bhakti. 
we all, so naturally we all embrace them. If a young girl, this was, you know, years ago, I don't know how it works now, I've been out of the loop, but <laughs> if a young girl wants to attract a young boy, it, it used to be, then, you know, she might be at the bus stop when it's, you know, time to go to school, and she would have found out from some emissary, some duty, some messenger, that he likes, you know, red color, so she's wearing a red dress that day. Or he likes ladus. I mean, it wasn't in those days and where I was from, but something like that. So she happens to have a little container of ladus at the bus station. She made effort for that. She strove. She was striving to cook and get to school on time and so forth. She made some effort. She just happens to have a case of ladus. His ideas. So she does things in such a way as to that, that she knows he likes them. She's heard that he likes those things. So, and she's heard there's things he doesn't like. So you don't, you have to look at the rules of bhakti like this. You have to be very careful not to look at bhakti through the lens of morality, but look at morality through the lens of bhakti. If we look at bhakti through the lens of morality, everything will be lost. You become hard hearted only. And you'll be rule-oriented. And where there are rules, there is no love. And where there is love, there are no rules. Still there are some rules. But these are the rules. This is how you frame it, you see. And it's not just a spin. This is the teaching. There are things favorable to bhakti. Bhakti, loving Krishna, that's what we are doing. And so there are things favorable. So I naturally I want to accept I want to know about them. And do like that. And there are things that are unfavorable. I will avoid those things. And when it's presented, these are the rules, you have to follow the rules, then you'll get bhakti. Rules will not give you bhakti. Bhakti will give bhakti. Bhaktiya samjataya bhaktiya. Only bhakti will give bhakti. This is like marginal kind of characteristic of the approach. Uh, how does Rupa Goswami say? Anyabilashita shunyam gyan karmadiyanavritam. So there may be things that are not favorable for bhakti. They should be let go of. Without second thought. And there are things that are favorable. They may be related to bhakti, or favorable to bhakti, neutral but helpful. This way we learn these things. We adopt them. You see, these way the rules are not separated from love. After all, it is a love path, so <laughs> it has to be only love. But it's kind of the lower side, auxiliary kind of side of love. Accepting the things favorable, rejecting the things unfavorable, aren't directly the actual exchange of love in itself. I love you. Hare Krishna. Not like that. That's something different. But it's auxiliary. It's supportive. It's part of the whole affair. So this, he says, this is then, this is where the reasoning comes. Reasoning means Detachment, that's what reasoning is. Knowledge means detachment. Gyan and the corollary bairagya. If you have knowledge, then you're going to be detached. If you have knowledge and, 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 and you want an enduring life of enduring happiness like everyone does, then if you have knowledge, you do not look for it in relation to things that don't endure. Right? That is the logic of detachment. Here we have Yukta Bhairagya. This is what he's talking. Yatantas Chadrita means Yukta Bhairagya. Giving up things that aren't favorable to Bhakti. 
Detachment is, as a path unto itself, is not a, is is not attractive, and and it and it it appears, and I think rightfully so, as as moving away, if you will, from things and people. But really, the full face of detachment comes in bhakti. The full face of jnana comes in bhakti. That's what this chapter is about, Raja Raja Vidya, right? The king of knowledge. He's saying it's bhakti. What I mean by that, detachment means really getting closer to people. Detachment is like a phase of love, where you stop exploiting your partner so they can be what they are, accept them for what they are instead of making them what you want them to be because you have a certain attachment to having someone that conforms to your way of thinking and feeling and so forth. So you let them be, have a life, step back and then, and then love them like you never could have otherwise. Detachment is really un- properly understood. It's about getting closer to people. It's like a, it's like stepping back to go to go forward, something like that. To see it for what if I'm too close, I can't see it for what it is. So I have to step back a little, then I can see what it is. And vishvam purnam sukhayate. It's nothing to run away from anymore. No, the Gaudiya Vaishnava is not world denying at all. So to speak of seeing bhakti through the lens of Morality and the futility of that. How 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 much you will miss the picture, and how rather we should see morality through the lens of bhakti. Same holds for gyan and also. We should see gyan and bhairagya through the lens of bhakti, not bhakti through the lens of gyan and bhairagya. Otherwise, you only get a a a, a how you say a vitiated form of bhakti, a shadow of bhakti, sattviki bhakti. Like, that, you're going to get mukti, but from that, but. I was thinking, it's like looking through the, the tele, uh, telescope the wrong way. Yeah. Things get smaller <laughs> and further away. That's true. If you want to look through the telescope, that's another point. If you want to look through the telescope,